Well, good evening again. Good to be with you tonight. Got a special message that I want to share with you tonight on the subject of forgiveness. The subject of forgiveness. We're going to ask the question, what is forgiveness? We'll look at a number of different scriptures this evening. And um, we're going to ask the question, what is forgiveness? And we're going to talk a little bit about God's forgiveness of us when we sin. And from that, we're going to build an idea or what we might call a practical theology of our forgiveness toward other people. The two things ought to correspond. How we forgive people ought to be like how we forgive, um, how, how God forgives us. All right. So the two are modeled one after the other. So uh, if you would, uh, Psalm 130 verse three and four says this, if you, O Lord, should mark our iniquities, who could stand? Who could stand, O Lord, if you were to mark our iniquities? If God held against us the things that we did wrong, how would any of us ever have a chance? That's what Psalm 30 asks. And the truth is, none of us would have a chance. But the psalm goes on to say in verse 4, But with you there is forgiveness, so that you may be feared. Can I just say that again? But with you, God, there is forgiveness. When was the last time that you felt in your heart the forgiveness of God? When was that? You say, oh, well, I was forgiven a long time ago. Yeah, well, you probably weren't perfect in the last month. So good chance you needed some forgiveness over the last few weeks. Let me get real personal with you. Uh, I sat in uh, the men's Sunday school class this morning that uh, Brother Nate DuBose teaches. And um, we were looking at a passage in 2 Kings. And there was a point at which... Um, the word of the Lord was discovered and they read it to the king and the king tore his robes and he, he led the people to repent. And I just felt led to, to be real honest with the men that were in that class this morning. I'll be honest with y'all. Um, this past week, I had a similar experience where the word of God just touches your heart and you feel conviction, right? You know the feeling. If you're a Christian, you do. If you're here tonight, you don't know the feeling. Friends, you're not saved because that's how the relationship begins is with the feeling of conviction. And so in particular, uh, this past week, uh, without getting into any of the, the, uh, the details, God touched my heart and said, Deke, there's some unforgiveness in your heart. And I, and I didn't realize that, honestly. I don't know if you've ever had to think about, well, how can I be sinning and not really know? Well, m maybe you've tried to move on. Maybe you've just built up a... Uh, I don't know, some sort of callous toward the subject to try and survive. But for whatever the reason, God shared with me, Deke, there's unforgiveness in your heart towards a couple of people. And I was like, really? He's right. God is right. There is unforgiveness in my heart. Now, I'm not the kind of person who holds a grudge. And so maybe that's why I didn't think that I had not forgiven someone. I really don't. I don't hold a grudge. I mean, somebody do me wrong, you give me a day, and I'm usually just kind of over it, and we move on. And yet, there was just a certain way that the persons that I was struggling to forgive kept coming up in my story, kept coming up in my life. And I think it's a mark of unforgiveness when that's the case. And so, you know, I noted it then and um, just thought about it. I shared with Lauren, you know, I think I'm struggling with unforgiveness for such and such. And, and um, 
This morning, it was about 7 o'clock, and I took my little dog on a walk. We have a morning routine. Around when the sun comes up, you notice the sun's coming up a little later, right, as the seasons start to change. And so we walk around the yard, and um, there I was in the yard. I was thinking a little bit about church. I was thinking about the sermon I was going to be preaching this morning. And I said, you know, God, you convicted my heart over that. I'm not sure I've asked for forgiveness. And so in that moment, there in my backyard, I said, God, will you please forgive me if there's any unforgiveness in my heart towards these people? And y'all, I'm just being 100% honest with you. I got chill bumps. You know what I'm talking about? I just had this little emotional experience where I felt the presence of God, felt his forgiveness in my life. And so because of that, I want to ask the question with y'all tonight, what is forgiveness? I want to talk to you about the importance of forgiveness, both in our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. Um, Every now and then, about once a year, I will come into a situation with a church member or a friend dealing with the subject of forgiveness, somebody struggling because they've been hurt or they've been sinned against. How do I forgive someone? And um, if the occasion feels right, if the person's open to it, I always recommend to them this book. It's by a pastor from Iowa. His name is Chris Bronze, and the book is called Unpacking Forgiveness. Unpacking Forgiveness. And the the book is basically a Bible study on what the Bible has to say about the subject of, of forgiveness. Listen to what he says in one paragraph from the book about forgiveness. He says, you must believe something about forgiveness. Like even if you've never really thought about it or you've never done any serious or thorough study on the subject of forgiveness, you do believe something about forgiveness. Whether you think about it or not, every day you implement those beliefs about forgiveness. Your convictions about forgiveness will shape how you respond when your spouse complains about how you cook supper. Your views about forgiveness may determine how you handle a teenager who rolls her eyes at you or how you relate to an abusive parent or whether or not you do go ahead and marry your fiancé or if you should counsel your friend to leave her husband or not. You do have views on forgiveness. You don't have to read every book on forgiveness, but you may have to decide whether or not to change churches because of what one of the pastors or other church leaders did. The forgiveness choices that you make will shape much of your life, this author goes on to say. For that reason, you must consciously work out what you believe about forgiveness And then you must be intentional about putting those beliefs into practice. And so uh, let me share with you a few truths tonight about forgiveness. Truth number one, God expects Christians to forgive others. If you're struggling with forgiveness tonight, let me just go ahead and lay out for you the expectation God has over your life. God expects you to be forgiving towards other people. Here's a little true or false test. If you're bold enough, you can uh, say your answer out loud. True or false? A willingness to forgive is a test of whether or not a person will go to heaven when they die. True or false? Matthew chapter 6, verse 12 and following says this. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. It says, pray this way, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Jesus goes on to say, if you forgive others their trespasses, 
right? If, that's a conditional term, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Brothers and sisters, we must not ever find ourselves in a place where we gladly receive God's mercy and grace and forgiveness, but we are unwilling to do the same towards other people. God expects Christians to forgive people. To forgive somebody for the wrong that they've done to you is one of the most Christ-like things you can do. I mean, that's what Jesus does. He forgives. Here's the second truth tonight. Just a few of these. Here's the second truth. God's forgiveness of us is the blueprint of our forgiveness for other people. You want to know how forgiveness ought to work? Well, look at what God's Word says about how God is forgiving towards us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says it this way. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. All right, if you want to, if you want to learn how to overcome a grudge, bitterness, unforgiveness in your life, meditate on Christ's forgiveness of you. Spend time thinking about what Jesus has done for you. Colossians 3 verse 13 tells us to bear with one another and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So notice the pattern. We forgive one another as God has forgiven us, so also we must forgive. God expects us to forgive others. And um, he expects us to do it in a way that's similar to how he has forgiven us. And so let's ask this question tonight, right? We're building our forgiveness on God's forgiveness. So what is God's forgiveness like? Let me say a couple words about that. God's forgiveness is gracious, but it's not altogether free. Here's what I mean by that, right? The forgiveness we receive from God is free, but on his end, it wasn't free. It's free on our end, but he had to pay for it. Jesus paid when he died on the cross. And so it's, it's grace, which is a gift, but it's not free. God's forgiveness did not come cheap. The Bible says, in this is love. This is 1 John chapter 4. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Forgiveness isn't free because Christ died in our place. And so when we think about forgiving other people, there's a sense in which that, that forgiveness isn't always free either. We have to pay. Okay, if someone does you wrong, if truly you want to forgive them, there's a sense in which you have to pay the price of your own pride in order to forgive that person for what they've done. And so I would just encourage you, if you struggle with a grudge in your life, if you struggle with the memory of having been done wrong, meditate on God's forgiveness. Pray that God would humble you specifically with regard to the person who's done you wrong. Lord, help me to be humble. Help me to offer forgiveness. Another thing we learn about God's forgiveness is that it is conditioned upon repentance, right? God gives his forgiveness to us freely, but there must be repentance in our life. God loves his children unconditionally, but his forgiveness is 
conditional. Repentance is required. When Jesus came on the scene early in those gospel accounts, his message was always this, repent and believe. Repent and believe. No repentance, no forgiveness. The time is fulfilled, Jesus said. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This was the same message from Jesus that it was from the apostles. Acts chapter 20, verse 21. The apostle Paul said, I have had one message for Jews and Gentiles alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God. I referenced for you a book in my opening comments tonight. I'm going to read from that book again. Again, the name of the book is Unpacking Forgiveness by a pastor named Chris Bronze. Here's what he said. God's forgiveness is a package that he wraps up and that he offers. But the package must be opened. The Bible teaches the way the package is opened is through repentance and faith. That's how God's forgiveness works. And we're going to learn from that. That's how our repentance and our forgiveness works as well. God's forgiveness also doesn't mean the elimination of all consequences, right? When we sin, maybe sometimes our sin hurts other people. Maybe sometimes our sin hurts ourselves. We go to God, we ask for forgiveness, and God gives the forgiveness when we repent. And yet, the consequences may still remain. There's several reasons for that, most of which is this. The Bible teaches you reap what you sow. The Bible also teaches that God loves us as a father loves his children. Sometimes dads have to discipline their kids when they do wrong. It doesn't mean, however, that forgiveness uh, is withheld. So a biblical definition of God's forgiveness would be boiled down to this. God's forgiveness is his commitment to pardon graciously those who repent and believe in Christ so that they are reconciled to him. So that's God's forgiveness. A few notes there. Let me share with you a few notes on our forgiveness of other people. All right. What is our forgiveness? Remember, God's forgiveness is the blueprint for our forgiveness. Here's what one author said. Our forgiveness is a commitment to pardon graciously the repentant person from moral liability and to be reconciled to that person, although not all the consequences are necessarily eliminated. The forgiving person pays the price of forgiveness. That American author Mark Twain said it this way, forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. Forgiveness is the fragrant fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. I'll say this as well. The offer of forgiveness ought to be unconditional. The offer. There's a difference between the offer of forgiveness and the completion of that transaction. You may have encountered a situation in your life where someone's done you wrong and God does a big work in your heart and you're prepared to forgive them. But when you go to them, they're not remorseful. They don't see what they've done wrong. Well, you offer forgiveness and you do your part. The transaction might not be completed because they haven't done their part, but you've done your part. And that's a very important thing. Christians, one author has said, should always have a disposition of grace 
toward those who offend them. Let me say one other thing about our forgiveness, and that is this. Maybe the most important thing I'll say tonight, if this is an issue for you, forgiveness is a commitment that we make. A commitment. Why do I say it's a commitment? Well, because today's a Sunday, and maybe we had a real good worship service at the end of which you came to the altar and you said, that's it. I'm going to let this go. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to forgive this person on Sunday. Well, you may not feel the same way on Tuesday. But if we make the commitment, right? Forgiveness is a commitment. On Tuesday, I'm, on Tuesday we're going to say, God, I made that commitment. I'm struggling today, but I know what I believe. I'm going to forgive. Help me, Lord, to win this battle for forgiveness on Tuesday. May come up again later in the week. Each time, though, forgiveness is a commitment. The world's definition of forgiveness is that it's a feeling. God's definition is that it's a commitment. There's one, one other author that I want to refer, to, uh, refer you to tonight, and that's a guy by the name of Ken Sandy, S-A-N-D-E. He wrote a book called The Peacemaker. He's got four promises of forgiveness that I think are really, really helpful. If there's an issue in your life and you're struggling to forgive somebody, you may want to make a note of these because these will help. These are four promises that you will make that will help lead you to a place of forgiveness. And where there is forgiveness, there's freedom. Um, number one, I will not dwell on this incident. I will not dwell on this incident. People do you wrong. They live rent-free in your head. You know what I mean? I, I, I make this commitment. I will not dwell on this incident. Number two, I will not bring this incident up again and use it against you. Isn't that a bad one? Oh, I forgive you, but I'm going to put this in my back pocket and save it for a rainy day. That's not forgiveness. Some of us are real good at that. Commitment number three, maybe the most difficult of all, but if you really want to forgive somebody, this is a commitment you need to make. I will not talk to others about this incident. I will not talk to others. Just stokes the fire of unforgiveness as we do. And then finally, I will not let this incident stand between us or hinder our personal relationship. That author I, I referred to you, Ken Sandy, he said this, by making and keeping these promises, you can tear down the walls that stand between you and your offender. Your promise not to dwell on or to brood over the problem or to punish by holding the person at a distance, you clear the way for your relationship to develop unhindered by memories of past wrongs. And this is exactly what God does for us. And it's what he calls us to do for others. Listen, if there's somebody who's done you wrong, and every time you see it, it's the first thing you think about. Brother or sister, you got something you need to work on in your life. Because when God looks at me, the first thing he thinks about is not all the sins I've committed. Because he's forgiven me. The first things he thinks about when he looks at me is, Jesus died for him. That wrongdoing's been paid for. And that's what we work toward in our life of forgiveness.
What I want to do tonight at the end of our service is just to give you an opportunity to make a commitment to forgive. Let me ask you if you would to bow your heads. We're going to have a, a time of invitation this evening. And um, I want to give you the chance tonight, if this is something that you struggle with, if this is something maybe you know someone and they're desperately struggling to forgive, what a wonderful way for us to end the Lord's day by taking so seriously the subject of forgiveness. And so while your heads are bowed, while your eyes are closed, I'm going to ask you to quietly stand would you stand with me? The altars are open. You come. If forgiveness is an issue in your life, would you come and would you pray? Maybe you would come and kneel here at the altar tonight and just say, Lord, I think I've forgiven. I want to know that I've forgiven. Would you help me to be forgiving? Would anyone come tonight? And just spend a moment here in prayer asking the Lord for his help.